Welcome to Creatively Christian, a podcast by Theophany Media, where we inspire, inform, educate, and empower creative Christians of all types. I'm one of your hosts, Brandon Hollingsworth. Dr. Baron Bell is a comic book artist and college professor. He talks with our own Bill Brooks about his comic project, which retells Old Testament scripture as a space fantasy. Welcome to Creatively Christian. I'm your host, Bill Brooks, bringing you another Creative Christian. Our guest today is a Glyph Award-nominated comic creator for the book Radio Free America. He's currently working on the second issue of Dominion, Fall of the House of Saul. Please welcome Dr. Baron Bell. What's up? (laughs) Welcome, Dr. Bell. How are you? Thank you. Thank you. Doing good. so just a little housekeeping here. Uh, you also have a connection with uh, another host of ours, mm-hmm. Brandon Hollingsworth. Mm-hmm. Tell us how you know Brandon. How, how have you Brandon, oh man, he's, he's a brilliant, brilliant artist, uh, creator. Um, uh, they're doing the Cubekins series, animated series. They're doing um, some several other uh, projects, uh, comic book properties. And so, you know, the the Christian, well, the comic book industry is small and the Christian comic book industry is even smaller. <laughs> and so you kind of bump into each other uh, yeah. here and there. We, we share a lot of the same circles. And so, uh, so yeah, Brandon, uh, uh, you know, uh, I was introduced to him through my co-writer, uh, uh, Daniel Hancock. And, uh, you know, we really hope and pray that one of these days the Lord opens the door for us to collaborate uh, awesome. and do some things together. Awesome. It's a small world. It really is. All right. So, as I've explained before, uh, this program is going to be uh, cut up into four sections. The first section is inform. We're going to inform people of what you do. Uh, your bio says you have a master's degree from Regent University, mm-hmm. uh, but we call you Dr. Bell. What, what's mm-hmm. your doctor in? Uh, my doctorate is in education. So oh. uh, yeah, I, I teach at uh, Liberty University uh, awesome. and I teach at George Fox University, both awesome Christian schools. And uh, you know, I'm in the arts program for both schools. Um, I not only uh, teach um, traditional art, but also 3D modeling but I also have uh, created um, master level uh, sequential art courses. Um, so uh, we're able to teach comic books uh, for people who are interested in comic publication, uh, but specifically with a Christian worldview. I do that at uh, Liberty. Awesome. So it's not just a nickname like Dr. J. Oh, no, 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 I paid for it. <laughs> I paid for that. I paid for those two letters. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dearly, I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so uh, your degree is in film and animation. Your master's yeah. is, wow. Master's so, in film, film and am- animation and uh, PhD in education, adult wow. education. So did getting your PhD help you when you got hired in the film industry? You have, a, you just explained your doctorate is in education, not in yeah, yeah. Um, that's specifically because I wanted to teach um, at a higher level of education. Um, my ma- a PhD, actually, to tell you the truth, no degree really helps you when you're getting into entertainment. 
it's really about relationships it's about who you know so you know you're you know the education is a formality that some people think is is valuable i I have find found it useful to me but not everybody needs that level of education to to do what i'm doing uh, as far as comics are, are concerned right so before comics you were doing um storyboards for tv and film Mm-hmm. Uh, what films, what TV shows? Um, we- you would not have ever seen them. <laughs> Some of them, they were just concept pilots. Um, a lot of music videos uh, for a Christian music industry, Christian artists. Um, uh, that, was, that was a really good time in my life, actually, doing, doing that. Um, and uh, yeah, um, just pretty much just grinding on commercials um and just small projects doing storyboards but you know it was it was pretty good and consistent work okay we all have to grind our teeth on something yeah absolutely so all right uh also as a storyboard artist so let's explain to the audience what a storyboarder actually does storyboarding is basically uh otherwise known as pre-visualization so uh i I would call it almost kind of like a cousin to comic book artists because you're taking a script you're you're actually um setting up the shots in little square panels uh or rectangular panels and you are pretty much kind of blocking the talent and placing the camera where it needs to be but you're drawing all this stuff and and you put it in a sequence and then the director can take those storyboards and use those uh, use that information to help set up each shot a lot of directors don't need them especially if if they're a small crew Um, but the bigger budget you have the the more planning you need ahead of time so you you don't waste money in setup so to have storyboard done is really good way to to kind of visualize the end product beforehand and then when you have a set of storyboards if you want to go even further you can put uh, them in in, in an editing program put it to music and Mm. you can do what's called an animatic Mm. Um, and that's a great thing especially if you're doing an animated film to be able to really see what's what things are going to look like when you when it's in motion so that lended uh easily to comics apparently so have you been have you been into comics as a kid as you oh yeah yeah man that's comics was really my my first vice (laughs) (laughs) if i ever had a vice if you're going to spend your money on something that's not uh, great comic books is probably one of the best vices to have uh, other than candy <laughs> but uh, so it, it needless to say I spent my money on both when I was a kid but I used to hunt uh, uh, drug stores and comic book stores and and used bookstores and and you know my 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 eldest brother uh, really kind of introduced me to comics when I was about uh, eight years old and he brought home like the suitcase full of comics and wow. it, 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 it it really was kind of like the mother load to me because I'd never really been exposed to comics like that and so he's really kind of getting me hooked on you know early uh i mean 90s x-men late 80s early 90s x-men uh during the the sylvester era you know like really kind of like the end of the right before you know comics really kind of blew up and you got these rock star comic book artists 
that yeah. was when I got into it. And so I'm starting to see, whoa, you know, the colors, the visualization, the storytelling, the way they can weave social commentary, especially through the X-Men, because yeah. X-Men is kind of like a, a, a euphemism for a marginalized group. Yep. So being a black person, <laughs> I kind of relate. I'm like, yeah, I know what that that feels like to to be called out of your name. And so uh, really that kind of grew a fire in me, not just for art, but for storytelling. Yeah, when I was reading the X-Men, uh, I can't remember the blurb that there was a the young, tiny X-Men uh, mm-hmm. heroes that were hated. Mm-hmm. I can't remember it word for word, but they were hated by the people mm-hmm. that were try- trying to save. Yeah, and yeah, 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 I, yeah, yeah. I read yeah. that as being you know, like Christianity. Yeah. You know, Christianity is hated. Mm-hmm. The disciples were hated by the people that were trying to save. So yeah, totally. You know, it, it's, I mean, as a matter of fact, if, if you want to go even further, there was a very iconic uh, cover uh, drawn by, I believe it was Mark, Sil- Mark Silvestri, where you see uh, Wolverine, and he's splayed out on an X, almost yeah. kind of like he's cru- being crucified. Right. That takes that that uh, that symbolism to that next level, and, and and they knew specifically what they were doing because of that very thing. It's like yep. you are being tormented uh, and and chastened by those you are trying to save. Now, yep. in more recent days, if you look at um, Jonathan Hickman's X Men. It kind of like really flips everything over where I'm not sure if you've read it recently, not most recently, but, you know, the, the house of the, the uh, powers of X and the house of the house of X and powers of 10. And um, basically they're they're coming more into the idea that, oh, we we have powers. We are like gods. Mm. So y'all need to just step off. Oh. And so it's kind of like turning everything over. It, it shifts mm. the power dynamic. And in a way, I, I kind of didn't like because I'm like, okay, now this is veering into set in, into you're, you're, you're leaving altruism and you're going somewhere else that's not good. And yeah. so that's kind of what, what I got from it. Yeah. Yeah. I see a lot of uh, anti-heroes, the, the anti-heroes are the the rock stars nowadays instead of oh yeah so yeah that that's uh it's in vogue right now and it's been for a long time where you are seeking more of the the darker elements of heroism right where it's justifiable uh, like anything goes in order to to meet the objective which is supposed to be a good objective but it loses um, the the sense of morality into how to get to reaching that moral objective, uh, which is it's you know counterproductive, um, especially if you're really trying to teach really good things to kids that they're that are reading these things. Yeah. You know, I mean, um, back in the day, you know, Wolverine was he was pretty benign. I mean, yes, he had these claws on his hands but you didn't really see him in a brute in a very brutal way yeah nowadays oh man please you'll see everything <laughs> he's slicing and yeah. dicing and you know logan is already and all that yeah that's what I'm, that's what i'm saying i mean you 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 had a, le- a level of innocence back in the 80s and the 90s that you you don't have today 
And so, you know, that's, uh, that's another thing that kind of, you know, inspired me to do what I'm doing. Amen. So tell us about the Dominion Fall of the House of Saul. What is Dominion Fall of the House of Saul? Well, um, it is a, a sci fantasy, uh, biblical uh, inspired story about uh, a family. Um, and it's basically taken from uh, 1 Samuel's account of Saul, the first king of Israel. Um, and it really dives deep into the, the places in between scripture. Um, those jumps of time that you don't really realize as you're going from one verse to the next that, oh, 20 years have just passed. That, that, that inspired me to, to really get to the, the nuts and bolts of who Saul really was. But I didn't want to do it in the traditional way, in the swords and sandals way which has been right. done and redone and redone and redone. Yes. Um, me, I said, well, if I was wanting to read a book or watch a movie, what would I want to watch? And so I'm like, okay, I love Star Wars. Uh, I love Battlestar Galactica. I love Dune. Um, I love, of course, you know, Game of Thrones is very popular in stories like that. Uh, Chronicles of Narnia. And so those are a lot of the things that I love. And so I'm like, I want to write a story like that. <laughs> I want to do. And then, of course, you know, um, taking it and making everybody anthropomorphic characters yeah. was another thing that I loved. I love Lion King and I love movies like that. And even in Narnia, you had great animal characters that talked and delivered wisdom and showed emotion. Uh, and so I said, well, let me take all of that and put it into a book that can be thought provoking, uh, that could be exciting, that could have the space opera elements that I love so much, but also deliver some really, really solid truth. And yeah. then, of course, being able to be processed so that everybody in the family can get a little something out of it from your kids the little kids all the way up to the adults but they get it in different ways um, almost kind of like when you're watching a Bugs Bunny cartoon Bugs Bunny was written by adults yes so there's a lot of double entendres in there that little kids won't get but little kids will love it because they they're kids and they you know animals and they're, yeah yeah and they're funny and so I'm like let me take those same elements put them into a book so that um, I can tell a story that an adult could appreciate and not feel like they're they're like it's dumbed down to their sensibilities and their their desires to see exciting things, but also little kids could get it because they're animals and because they're you know little they have these fantasy elements into it and these characters that little kids could love, and that parents when they're reading it, which I would highly suggest that parent read it with your kids, is to read it to them break it down in ways that they really can understand what's really going on and then show the parallels to the Bible and then take them to the Bible and, and show where everything really comes from. Awesome. So you're also working on a project called The Emancipation of Fred Frederick Douglass. Oh yeah, yeah, the North Star project. Uh, and that's- I've heard good things about him. Yeah, no, he's he's a good dude. Um, you know, <laughs> it's another graphic novel project 
that's in production. Um, it's been taking a whole lot longer than than uh, Dominion because I'm working with another artist um, who he's unfortunately a casualty of what's been going on in the comic book industry these days. Oh, um, the comic book industry because of COVID has has had an accelerated demise. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the, the the comic book industry that you knew back in the day is no longer the same thing. And that model is unsustainable. And so right. they are collapsing as we right before our eyes. Uh, last was it the last week or the week before last, we got rumors that DC Comics, they were being sold off. And mm. it's not, not only sold off, they're just being closed down, they shuttered. So wow. that the, the, the physical comic book production will be canceled. From what the rumors say, I'm not sure they're completely substantiated, but I do believe that because of the fact that, you know, you don't have people going to comic book stores because of COVID, you don't have the same level of foot traffic and um, the purchasing power is going more towards the digital and the virtual shops like Amazon and all that. So modern day brick and mortar businesses have no choice yeah so they have to scale down and that's what's been happening unfortunately you have a lot of great artists and a lot of great writers and uh editors they're losing their jobs they're losing and so you know unfortunately the artist that i work with um, he's been going through a lot of hardship as a result of that and mine is not the only book he was working on yeah so it's like what can you do you know and so i i try to tell my my uh donors who contributed to the project and i've been just keeping them up to date like man listen you know it's coming you know and it's coming it's it's just taking a long time to get to where it needs to be and uh so when i when i did dominion I'm doing that myself, you know what I'm saying? And my little close knit team. And so we're able to do books very, very, very rapidly. As a matter of fact, you know, book two is coming out in uh, before Christmas. Book one came out earlier this year. So I'm able to turn around like next year, I'll probably do three books, maybe four. You know what I'm saying? Whereas the awesome. North, Star, North Star project is still in limbo because you know i mean we 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 reached the the extent of our funds and my artist has to live and he has to provide for his family and everybody yeah. understands which is cool and right that project ain't going anywhere i mean it's it's coming it's going to come and it's it's one of those projects that because of who it is because it's frederick Douglass, because it's his life it's going to have a life of its own eventually and and it's going to be good and it's going to be worth the wait but right now we have to wait yeah i'm i'm on pins and needles i would love to see that be done so yeah me too (laughs) i'll be first in line yeah absolutely (laughs) yeah i was talking to uh, a comic artist uh yesterday uh for voyage comics and uh like marvel and dc have shut down their pencils down and because they're working in big bullpens they're mm. working in desks that are less than six feet away. Mm. And uh, people who are independent and working at home 
-hmm. virtually uh, can still continue working. So it's, uh, if you want to be big, then you're going to have big, the problems of the big guys. If you want to be small, you want to have. Well, I mean, I hate to say challenges. That, I hate to say that we, we uh, as independent artists are now the recipients of the vacuum that's being produced as a result of the, the lack of that regularity of these titles. Um, it is a good time to, to be a comic book artist and being independent. Um, and as a matter of fact, a lot of the, the comic book artists that were working for DC and Marvel and Image and all of them, they're now taking more control of their own franchise in order to actually make more money than they were making when they were DC and Marvel just by doing crowdfunding and really taking their audience of loyal followers and really just giving them, you know, a much more direct uh, love and attention than they would at DC or Marvel. Awesome. All right, let's go to the inspire section of the program. Was there an aha moment when you wanted to make Christian comics? Did you, were you always making Christian comics or you were making <laughs> Superman before or? No, 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 no. Uh, I, I worked, uh, I were, I was and am still working with a a publisher uh, called Terminus Media based in Atlanta. Uh, I'm right now in Portland, Oregon. Uh, and um, initially when I first started, uh, I wasn't doing Christian books. I was doing um, uh, a book called Radio Free America, which is not a Christian book. Although there are some type of Christian themes, I always try to weave some type of theme within my work because that's who I am but it wasn't overtly Christian. It's pretty much a, a World War III story told from uh, the perspective of a young black man. And so, um, uh, but the company that, that was Terminus before Dominion um, was not, it was kind of like trying to be like the mainstream. And so a lot of the products that they produced were very salacious you know, not over the top more so than anything else, but you, you can see objectification of women, uh, glorification of violence, um, just trying to do what the mainstream was doing. But, not, yeah. but when you're not the mainstream, there are very few uh, Batman uh, 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 alternates. There are very few Spider-Man alternates. There are very few. Super, it's like you can try to do that stuff as much as you want. But you will always be a wannabe, you know what I'm saying? And and the the lower down the totem pole you get, you just get this, this, uh, just um, it, it it just becomes watered down versions of things that are already done and tropes that have been done over and over and over again. So if you're a small comic book company and you're doing a superhero universe, chances are you're not going to sell it. <laughs> And so they were doing that and they were relying upon the, um, the sex sells kind of a mode of, of operation. And they were selling a comic book here and a comic book there and going to conventions and just doing the whole thing and just wasting a lot of money doing it. And, you know, Radio Free America was kind of like uh, a little bit different than what they were doing because it was more political. 
more uh, kind of like a post-apocalyptic type situation that had some type of commentary on it. Um, and that in and of itself was good-ish. And, you know, I was able to kind of like get a lot of interest in it. Um, Diamond, public, uh, Diamond Distribution wanted to distribute the book, but then they wanted me to change some things because it oh. wasn't... It wasn't as salacious, so they're like, okay, well, how, how will our retailers process it? It's, it's a little talking heady. That's what they said, talking heady. It'll actually make a good uh, a Netflix series or whatever, but it would not necessarily make a great selling comic book. So I refused. I said, well, forget it. I'm going to try to, I'll distribute it on my own. Uh, and, and I don't need you like that. Besides, you're going to take a huge, gigantic percentage anyways. I think it's criminal what they were doing. And so um, that was part of the aha moment uh, that convinced me that I needed to do something different. The other aha moment was just my growth as a Christian and in my marriage and in my life in general. And my wife would always ask me these questions. She's like, why are you spending so much time doing things that are not directly related to the kingdom. And I would always justify that by saying, well, you know, I'm a writer and these are the things I got to write about and I got to do this and that, whatever. And, and just basically just, you know, nonsense. Yep. And, and as I started growing in my walk with Christ, you can't, you can't get close to a fire without getting burned. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so I was getting close to the fire of the Holy Spirit in me and it, I was getting burned. <laughs> I was getting yeah. consumed. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And, and it got to a point where I'm like, yeah, what am I doing? What yeah. am I doing? Um, and so I actually made the decision to step away from comics for a good several years i mean i released radio free america in 2009 and i didn't start dominion until 2019 okay so wow. good 10 years of wandering around trying to find myself <laughs> you know uh, as far as my voice in comics um, were you even reading comics for that time? or I was. Were... No, I was reading okay. comics. I was reading comics, but I was reading the Bible more. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I was getting in into my scriptures and and really developing myself as a, as a husband, as a good teacher. You know, I was growing in, in my, 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 my classes. I started developing classes for Liberty. And um, uh, that's when I developed the, the, the sequential art course for the master's program. Uh, and so I was doing all that stuff that I knew would please God, you know what I'm saying? And I was being, just being a, a better version of myself. I think God needed me to go through that before he said, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you the responsibility of a, of a, of a platform in comics. But before you, before you get there, you got to do all this other stuff, or you got to do this work, do the work, do the work, do the work. Yeah. And so I did the work. You know, I'm still doing the work. I'm not, not a finished product by any means. But um, I got to the point where I said, okay, I think I'm ready. And I think I have an idea of what I want to do in comics. Uh, and so I approached my publisher and I said, okay, uh, his name is Mark Stansel. 
I said, Mark, I have an idea and please don't think I'm crazy when I tell you this, but I want to do a version of the story of Saul, but as a space opera and they're all going to be animals. <laughs> yeah. And at first, I don't think he even really thought I was serious to tell you the <laughs> truth because I, I pitched that story to him a couple of times. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, and so, but I think the next time I brought it up was a time when he was going through some change too and growth spiritually. And oh. he's, he's a Christian brother and that's the one thing we always vibed on. But now it was a, at a point where I think he wanted a change. I wanted a change. I said, I want to do Dominion with Terminus, but I can't do it if Terminus is going to be on that other stuff. Right. Yeah. I, I would I would do it on my own and figure it out. I wanted to do it with Terminus, though. And so I said, if you I, I'm going to let you germinate on that a little bit and then come back to me and let me know what's up. And so through that time, though, he had gone through some change and he had. Uh, made some decisions, business decisions, where he had to cut away a lot of the mess. He had to have some very difficult conversations with some partners and some other authors who were with the publisher. And he had to lose a lot of money, basically, you know, just, you know, cutting away properties that, you know, we owned, but it was just not profitable or it's not profitable for the kingdom. And so in doing that, Terminus got reborn, just like we all did. Term- the publisher, the publishing company, was born again, like huh. we were born again. And we said, "I said, okay, Mark. Terminus has got to be sold out for the kingdom. I don't care. We don't have to be preachy, and we won't be. And our stuff is going to be cool, and it's going to be relevant, and it's going to be something kids will love, and people will love to see." But it's got to be unapologetically Jesus, because if it's not, I ain't doing it. And I can I can be good. Listen, I love teaching and I could be just a teacher. Of course, I love to do comics, but I could, you know, I'm I have no expectations. But Jesus, that's it. So it's like whatever he wants me to do, that's what what I'm going to do. But I will be well informed as far as his will if certain things happen. And so he did what I needed to see. And so. That is a a huge way to say that was my aha moment to say, you know, there's something I need to do that's in my heart and in my spirit. I have the talent to do it. Am I ready to do it? Do I have the wherewithal spiritually? Is my How's my family looking? Because that's another way, that's another temperature gauge or another way to kind of see how you're doing in life is how is your family doing, especially yeah. as a man. Uh, you know your family is doing good if your wife is happy, if you have children, if the children uh, are, are are happy, they're doing good in school. Those are, you know, there's a good way to, to kind of gauge how you're doing. And so I was doing good. My marriage is strong. Wife is happy. She's like, go ahead and do that. Do what you got to do. As long as it's for Jesus Christ, I support you 100%. I'm like, okay, cool. Let's do this. And now Dominion. Came out August 2020 and chapter two out right before Christmas. Amen. Thank you, wife. Thank you. Yes. 
Absolutely. God gave you a good one. God gave you. He, he really did. He really, he really hooked a brother up. <laughs> All right. Let's go to the education section. What was the greatest surprise when you started doing Dominion? What did you learn about uh, Saul that you did not learn before, did not know before? That's a good, I'm glad you asked me that question because this is something that I think a lot of people, even non-Christians who read the book, they get. Saul, um, as we read him in the Bible, there's not a whole lot of depth when it comes to his actual internal motivation. Uh, we just see a lot of response, response, response. Uh, he gets angry, he responds. Uh, he feels misunderstood, he responds. Uh, you know, he goes into a tirade and he throws a spear. He tries to kill people, you know what I'm saying? And so it's like, we see that side of him. But in doing a little bit more research and in, in, in dealing and in, in peeling back some layers, Saul is a lot more complicated than just an angry man, okay? And that's the one of the things that I realized. And I wanted to explore those depths in the book. And, you know, I would, I don't know if a lot of people know this, but I actually have a twin brother. Oh. And his name is Aaron. My name is Baron. <laughs> and he, he's, not, he's not a Christian at all. As a matter of fact, he's more agnostic than anything. Well, I'm guessing that Aaron came out first because he has the, he the did. A, yeah, he did. The B name. name. My name isn't special like a royalty. No, it's just it just <laughs> rhymed with Aaron. That's all. It uh -huh. is, so, but um, but he read Dominion, and he's a comic book connoisseur, like myself, and that's where we kind of relate and vibe. And he read Dominion, knowing exactly what it was, because Dominion is unashamedly about the Bible. It's the fall of yeah. the house of Saul. It's you know right. inspired by First Samuel. And so, but he read it knowing that, and he's like, dude, this is good. He's like, yo, I heard about Saul before, but I never knew he had such depth. You know what I'm saying? I could feel some pain in, in this dude. And I'm like, that's good. That's good. I want you to feel that. I want everybody to relate to the plight of Saul. Uh -huh. Saul was a man with flaws, but... At the core of it, he did love God. Hmm. Saul loved God. He loved himself a lot more, but he loved God though. You know what I'm saying? Yes. And so, but we want, but I want to show that it's like, yo, Saul was doing the best he could in his own strength. And that's a problem because when we rely upon our own strength, then we always come short. And that's the story of Saul. That's the biggest thing I realized. He was a, a man who loved God but he wanted to do things in his own strength. And then that kind of rippled out towards, okay, so how are you as a, a husband? Not great. How are you as a father? Not great. As a general, sometimes you're good, but then you, you get the, the, your pride gets the better of you and then you start losing. And so those are the stories. So I wanted to mushroom all that. And I wanted to build this story of a family dominion at the core of it. It's about war, but it's really about family, the family dynamic of a son who's seeking his father's approval of a daughter who feels like she doesn't have purpose out of just being a pampered princess, a wife who is the rock who is holding things together behind the scenes, the queen, 
So that's really kind of like really what it was. But yeah, it's, it's really about Saul being a flawed man, but who loved God, but loved him in his own strength. Amen. Wow. So uh, another question about what do you learn from your students when you are teaching them? Oh, that's a good one. Um, you know, listen, I've been teaching ever since uh, two. 2006 yeah uh, ever since 06 almost 16 years and so um the thing i learned most is that my students know way more than me sometimes and i can still learn (laughs) you know what i'm saying and i've learned that the way I the way I like to teach um, is called constructivist. Basically, uh, I am the facilitator, but I'm also a recipient of knowledge, and we're all on the same playing field. I just know a little bit more, but I'm still learning too, and we can all learn from each other at the round table. And that's really kind of what I learned from my students: that you can't take them for granted ever. You have to give them kindness and respect as students. You also have to know that you as a teacher can also be a student as well. Amen. All right, let's go to the empower section. So uh, I know that you use uh, an iPad and the iPencil. You're very fond of those tools. Yes. Yep. Uh, let's tell everybody what why you're fond of those tools can you uh can you demonstrate well maybe you can't well, demonstrate. I mean, uh, listen i can show you some i can just kind of like i don't know how well you can see this but let me just say this okay um in my experience i've been at this game for a long long time okay and i know what it takes and how much time it takes to actually do a comic book page and i'm a penciler uh at, at trade i mean you know, I can color, I can ink, but I'm really a penciler and I'm a writer. Those are the, my two really, really good things. Um, and I would spend a long, long time um, at a table physically. I started out doing pencils by hand uh, with a blue sketch pencil, uh, non-photo blue pencil on Bristol board. Yeah. Okay. That was how we did it back in the day. And then I graduated to trying to learn how to do a Wacom tablet, which took some time and I eventually learned how to do that. But then when I got introduced to the, the iPad and the Apple Pencil, I realized that, oh, and, and Procreate, I'm like, yo, I could do everything that I was doing before, but a lot faster and a lot cleaner. Because yep. for me as an artist, it's about Clint, it's about how clean are those lines? at the end of the day and how is that perspective and how are those characters how's the contours and so what i was able to do i found out that the apple pencil gave you a level of control um, that i had rarely seen in in other um products that i used and so i'm able to like i don't know if you can see this but you know i mean i do everything kind of like i used to do it but i do do it in like blue sketch yeah to do my page and then I'm able to zoom in really really close and get those lines as crisp and clean as possible 
And the thing is, you do layers, which is what I wouldn't wouldn't be wouldn't have been able to do when I was doing just regular blue sketch uh, on a, on Bristol. You can't do layers. Now I'm able to do all of my pencils and layers. So I have like a foreground layer. Yeah. I have a middle ground layer and I have a background layer. Yeah. And the things that I teach my students is the thing about penciling. It's about the line quality and the line variety. So if you're trying to convey perspective, you have to think about the, the weight of your line. The closer you are to something, the heavier the line, the further away you are, the thinner the line. And there you are able to simulate depth. And so doing that as quickly as I can with the uh, uh, Apple Pencil and iPad has revolutionized my process. So that's why I'm able to whip out a page pretty much, I can do a couple pages a day. You know what I'm saying? If, if you're thinking about comic book page, I can do a couple pages a day where it would take me like twice as long before. Yep. And, you know, my team, uh, Christopher Hunt, who does the, the inks and the colors and myself, uh, we had another kid who's actually he's in school now, so he couldn't really jump on this, this next book, but we're able to, uh, everyone's doing, uses the same stuff. You, you kind of have to create kind of like this uh, assembly line type of a, of a feel when you're doing this type of stuff. You have to have everyone using the same equipment, the same material, the same equipment, because then your files can transfer very quickly and easily. Uh-huh. And you know, you save it, save it as a PSD, you upload it to the Google Drive, give it to me, I take it down, I do my part, move on to the next thing, check it off on the spreadsheet, move on to the next thing. So we are streamlining our process to the point where instead of it taking me uh, you know, six months to do a book, we do it in half the time. We do it in three, three months. Wow. You know? uh, and this is based basically me working also teaching and doing all the other stuff and being a husband, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Now, if I was like, you know, uh, you know, um, uh, some of the other guys who are just doing this full time, um, you know, I, I got this uh, friend, Ryan Benjamin, who uh, does a lot of, uh, he was doing Black Panther and all these other comics and he's really, really good. He's doing this cool Kickstarter called Brothers Bond, not Indiegogo, Brothers Bond. And uh, so look that up, but he, uh, he, it does that primarily and that's all he does so he's able to do like tons and tons even more than me mm. so you know i think i'm doing pretty good if i'm able to do a couple of pages a day so well i was going to ask you about uh you you're a college professor at two universities mm-hmm. uh let's see you're doing two books a year i'm going to be doing more than that Actually, more than that, um, more productive probably, than two probably, books a year. Probably four. Starting next year, I'll probably be cranking out two, uh, four, four Dominion books plus maybe two. We have another book with Terminus that's coming out next year called Ascension. So, how do you stay productive? How do you get? How are you so productive? And uh, are your kids grown? Do you have? <laughs> well, that's part of the reason why I am productive is I don't have kids. <laughs> uh huh. But, but, you know, listen, um, I think that being a husband is, is my first and foremost um, responsibility and pleasure in life. Um, and so, you know, God bless me with a really solid Proverbs 31 woman. Amen. Um, and balance with that 
And this is what I got to tell all the young cats out there. It's like, if you can have balance in your marriage, and if you're a father, balance with the kids, and you put that first, and for, you put God first in your relationship and spend your time with the Lord first, but then you spend time with your family, um, be husband first and then dad, and then put everything in its proper place, then you have balance and then everything else kind of flows from that. And so for me, I've seen the biggest blessings that have come as a result of me having my priorities straight. And so I do have the time to do these things. And I, you know, it's, a, it's about order. It's about having, you know, certain times a day you do certain things. And, uh, you know, but you can have that when, when your mind and your, 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 your spirit and the physical stuff is all in tune with each other and in sync. So that's really the, the secret sauce to all of it. Amen. Well, Dr. Bell, it's been an hour. I don't know if you've noticed that. But... Yeah, yeah. I actually got a meeting I got to get to, but. <laughs> all right. Well, I thank you very much. I, I hardly noticed the time passing. Um... I know, man. There's so many things we wanted to get to, but I wanted to say real quick that uh, we do have uh, our chapter two coming out um, uh, in uh, uh, before Christmas. The digital will be out by Christmas, and then we'll be having printed books available in January. Uh, and we do have an Indiegogo campaign that we started. Uh, maybe by the time this is released, uh, that'll be over or maybe continuing, but I'll send you a link so that you can uh, you can post to that as well. Excellent. And then of course our website too. Excellent. Let's pray for your endeavors. Yeah, absolutely. Father God, we thank you for Dr. Bell's ministry and at Liberty University and at uh, his Dominion book as well. We pray for his relationship with his family, his wife. We thank you for giving him a strong wife. Uh, I myself am convicted by his relationship with his family. Uh, got some work to do. And uh, Father, we, we thank you for the time that we spent together. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. I will say this. One thing that has been a blessing to, to my, my marriage is that my wife and I, we get out and we walk maybe four or five times a week. Mm -hmm. um, just an hour here, hour there. Uh, we pretty much do maybe almost four to four to sometimes eight miles a week where we're just walking. And during those times we talk and we connect and, um, you know, we tell each other about, Hey, I saw this in the Bible the other day, whatever. Yep. And it's just, it's just real time to, to do temperature checks in the marriage and just do real talk. And so, uh, a lot of times people think that, Oh, I got to go out on a date and do date night and all this stuff. Nah, man, you go for a walk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's 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 it it doesn't cost anything, yep. but a little bit of time, and to do that. Uh, lastly, yeah, yeah, and a pair of sneakers. Yeah. Lastly, the website uh, is terminus www.terminusmedia.com if you want to know anything else about Terminus Media and Dominion. Excellent. Thank you, Dr. Bell. Okay, you're welcome, Brooks. brother. This has been Bill Brooks for Creatively Christian. Join us next week for another Creative Christian. May God's grace be with you. We really hope you enjoyed our show today. If you'd like more information, check out our show notes, which you can find at theophanymedia.com forward slash Barron. And remember, if you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to rate, review, and share wherever you listen to podcasts. Creatively Christian is a product of Theophany Media. You can find out more at theophanymedia.com.
This show is hosted by Brandon Hollingsworth, Andrea Sandifer, Bill Brooks, and Lynn Baber. Our logo is by Bill Brooks. Our music is by Bill Brooks and Andrea Sandifer. To join our exclusive patron community, which includes bonus episodes and so much more, go to theophanymedia.com forward slash creatively Christian. Have a blessed day and keep on creating for our Lord.